welcome to Advance, the podcast that shares the science and stories of advancing health and personalizing care at Memorial Hermann Hospital. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Wilner, Associate Professor of Neurology at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center, Memphis, Tennessee. Today, I'm interviewing John Talley, paramedic for LifeLight Operations. We're going to explore LifeLight's areas of expertise and what sets them apart from other air medical providers. John will tell us about LifeLight's capabilities and some of the unique equipment aboard their aircrafts. Welcome, John. Hey, how are y'all doing? Thanks for having me. To get started, John, would you like to tell us why you chose to work at LifeLight? Absolutely. You know, growing up in EMS, I've been in EMS for 10 years now in the Houston area. LifeLight was a big part of a lot of our scene calls, getting to see how professional they were, how efficient, how quick they were on scene, getting to a level one trauma center. That really made a big impact on me and was a source for role models. When I was initially going through EMT basic, one of my instructors worked for, and he still does now work for LifeLight. So getting to interact with him and learn about the program, it really left a mark on me and set a goal for me. So you'd already been an emergency EMT, emergency medical technician for a while on ambulances and stuff like that? Yeah, going on 10 years now. So we have a LifeLight helicopter, I think, that lands on top of our hospital. And I'm interested in uh, your daily routine. Could you give me a rough breakdown of the number and type of calls you get? You know, when does the helicopter take off? What triggers that? Sure. We have five bases that are surrounding the Houston area, and we have a centrally located base uh, in the medical center. Shift change is at 5 to 5.30, depending on where you're at, 24-7, obviously. After we get our aircrafts checked off, make sure our blood's in date, brief with our pilot. We're on for the city and the surrounding areas. We do... You know, it really depends on what day and what base you're at as far as a scene versus a transfer, hospital transfer, or a scene call. But we have a pretty even mix. Now that it's warming up, people are starting to get out more, enjoy the weather. And we do quite a bit more scenes once it starts to get towards summer. We do a lot of wrecks, a lot of shootings and stabbings, transfer side, a lot of strokes, STEMI. Obviously, when COVID was going on, we did fly a lot of COVID patients. But honestly, our EMS providers and our hospitals, they really call for anything. So you really don't know what you're going to get, to be honest. Now, how do they decide? I said helicopter. Are there aircraft, as other types of aircraft as well? We do have a fixed wing program as well, and that is interfacility transfer. So that's physician dependent if they would want a fixed wing provider to do that transfer. But just your typical hospital to hospital around the Houston area, that's going to be physician dependent. For our EMS providers, it's really based on their decision. Some providers have different protocols that say when to call. Usually it's just the provider discretion, whoever's in charge on scene. Right. So if there's a car wreck on the highway, how do they decide that an ambulance should come or a helicopter? So an ambulance will get dispatched every time once the crew makes patient contact, determines that that patient needs rapid transport to a level one trauma center. That's usually kind of the determining factor. But if the patient needs blood quickly, that would be another factor to call. So do you have blood on board? Do you have the ability to give transfusions to en route? We do. We hang a lot of blood at LifeLight every day almost. And we carry six units, two units of whole blood, and we have our PRBCs and our plasma. So we do hang a lot of blood because we see a lot of trauma, especially with our scene calls. 
And I'm not familiar with that term, a scene call. What does that mean? So a scene call would be when an EMS provider, so on the ambulance, whenever they request a life light. So scene calls typically, uh, like I said, like your wrecks, maybe we're landing on the highway or landing in a neighborhood in a field. So that'd be a scene versus a hospital transfer and a facility transfer. So if the patient needs blood, I'm presuming they lost a lot of their own and uh, might be hypotensive. So do you use vasopressors as well? We do. We carry, I have to count them, seven vasopressors, and I might be lumping a few inotropes in there, but we carry seven norepinephrine being our first line for our hemorrhagic shock. But the patient's always going to get blood first and foremost. As much blood as we can get in them, if that's not working and we have to move to a presser, then sure. But blood's always going to be first line in our hemorrhagic shock patients. Another common one, we give a lot of phenol as a pre-RSI. We have to have some hemodynamic support there. But we do have the option for seven, and that's not just trauma patients, but that's the complex medical patients that we also take care of. Clarify a little bit. You said phenol. Are there any other vasopressors that you use? Commonly, besides levofed, epinephrine, phenylephrine, those really get used the most with us just because the patients that we see. But uh, we do have dopamine, we do have milrinone, we do have dobutamine and vasopressin. So we're able to pick and choose depending on what patient we have, what the pathology is and what's going on. So we do have a lot of options for different patients. Any diagnostic equipment on board? I guess x-ray is probably too heavy. Is there any other gadgets that you could bring on board a helicopter and figure out what's going on with the patient? We're still waiting on x-ray, but until then, we do carry ultrasound, and that gets used mostly for our trauma patients, but also our OB patients. So if we have to check for fetal heart tones, probably the most beneficial way for ultrasound, you know, in an aircraft, you can't listen to lung sounds. If a patient is developing a tension pneumothorax, being able to do a quick scan and see if there's any kind of tension physiology, that's really beneficial because I can't put a stethoscope on the patient in the back of the aircraft. So that and the use on trauma patients to kind of identify any internal bleeding, it's really beneficial. Well, that's a real advance. They didn't have portable ultrasound machines when I was in medical school. So that sounds like a good thing. What is LifeLight doing to benefit preventable or potentially preventable death rates in trauma patients? Uh, That's a great question. Being fortunate enough to work for a program that's at one of the nation's largest and busiest level one trauma centers, there's a lot of research that goes on and a lot of education. And given how much trauma that we do see at LifeLight, we're usually included in those studies. Our medical directors, one's an emergency physician and one is in trauma surgery, so they kind of go hand in hand to what's on the forefront for trauma care. So having access to what's new and upcoming and different treatment modalities directly to LifeLight, not to mention having access to the, the blood that we carry, having ultrasound. And what's unique to LifeLight is that we have a helipad to OR process. So what that is, is any patient that meets criteria to get taken from our helipad straight into the operating room, which is typically trauma patients, but we also do it for vascular and different cardiac patients. But that's a giant resource. If it's a 10-minute scene time and a five-minute flight, that's a quick time to get to the operating room for a trauma patient. So I'm very proud that we're able to offer that to our patients. As a life flight crew member, what does it mean to you to be a patient advocate? So 
given that most of our patients are intubated, it's a big responsibility to be able to, one, find out what their problem is, what pathology is going on, and two, treat that accordingly and take care of that promptly, but three, relay that to the providers that are in the ED or the OR so nothing is missed and there's no lapse in care. To me, that's a big responsibility, but I like that responsibility. Most of these patients, it's the worst day of their life to get flown in a helicopter down to the med center. So being able to have the equipment and the resources to take care of them and advocate for whatever is going on with them that day, to me, that's a big responsibility, but I'm proud to be able to do that. Well, that's terrific. To wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to add? I have to say, working for Memorial Harmon Life Flight and the legacy that Dr. Duke set forth and all the history that we have here, it's an absolute honor. It's an absolute privilege to have the resources, the education, anything that we need to be 100% patient care centered and focused. And I'm more than proud to work with this program. Well, that's great. John, I want to thank you for your hard work and great explanation of life flight at Memorial Hermann Hospital. Thank you for having me. And that wraps up this episode of Advance, the podcast that shares the science and stories of advancing health and personalizing care at Memorial Hermann Hospital. Now is the time to learn more about Memorial Hermann Life Flight and incorporate Life Flight into the community to improve patient care. Visit us at www.memorialherman.org slash lifeflight or contact us at 713-704-4000 to discuss how LifeLight can better partner with you as clinicians. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Wilner. Thanks for listening. <laughs>